My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent. Would you just take a few moments and bless the Lord this morning and thank you for the wonderful presence that we feel in this place. Let your voice be heard in this house and let the name of Jesus be glorified by the work that he's going to do through and in you. Isn't this an absolutely wonderful day not to be outside and to be in church? Is anybody glad you got a nice place to go to in the rain? It's a refuge. Turn to somebody and say, this is a refuge, a sanctuary. Jace is nine years old. He's a little boy in our church, brother and sister Little's grand child, and he wanted to get me a gift card, Krispy Kreme gift card, because he loves Krispy Kremes, and he knows that I love Krispy Kreme, and then somebody said, now, Jason, Sister Kinsey may not want Brother Kinsey to have those donuts, and he looked, and he said, this isn't about Sister Kinsey. <laughs> This is between the brothers. He said, it's a man thing. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? I loved it. And we enjoyed the donuts too, brother. Littles brought Jace and I had the grandkids and yesterday we had donuts. Uh, so that was really a good thing. Brother and sister Kidder from, I guess, Arkansas, somewhere around Little Rock. Good to have you this morning. Let's give them another warm First Pentecostal Church welcome. Great to have all of you here today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 1. What I want to share with you this morning, I believe, is very important, especially for people of God who are trying to live for God and do what is right the best that they're able to do. Because there are times, even in a great prophet's life, when you're doing the right thing and it doesn't seem like you're going to be rewarded for that. You're going to be doing the good thing and it's not going to be enough. There's a letdown after a great move of the Spirit. There's a letdown because you feel the pain and hopelessness that nothing's ever going to change. No matter what you do or how good you are or how right you are, Nothing's ever going to change. It's just going to stay the same and you're just going to be in the same painful cycle of destruction. And it can happen even to the best of prophets because that's exactly what happened to Elijah in the text I'm about to read to you. And I'll sh share with you what he said and what happened in his spirit. It can devastate you emotionally to the point where you want to give up. But don't give up. Now, invariably, when I deal with a subject like this, either before or after the message, I will have to experience and go through exactly what I'm preaching about. And so that's what happened this whole week. 
have had to fight this spirit of hopelessness and despair. You can feel it, the pall in the air of that depression that wants to settle in on you. But God does that and allows it. Why? Because he wants me to defeat it. So I can, when I tell you how to do it, I know it works. Because how would you know it works if you don't go through it and you don't overcome it? Well, I found out it works because God ministers strength to people who are true at heart and really desire to do God's perfect will. Now, how many of you will admit here today, you really do want to do God's will for your life? You want to do what's right? Well, my text is very simply this. Let the voice have the final say. Let the voice have the final say. How many of you know there's going to be a lot of voices talking at you? So much input from media and entertainment and so many different avenues. But I want you to let the voice have the final say. Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of the one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah and left his servant there. But he went about a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die. In other words, he was asking God to kill him. Could you please just bump me off? I am tired of this charade. He said, it is enough now. I've done everything I know to do. It is enough now. It's probably just another way of saying, I've done everything I know to do and hadn't made 10 cents worth of difference. And there it is. Oh Lord, take away my life for I'm not better than my fathers. Then 1 Kings 19 and 12. And this is what it says. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, whew, there was a still, small voice. And if you can tune your ear to that voice right there, my, 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 and give it the final say. Devil, you can talk your talk and smack all you want to, but I'm going to tell you right now, God's voice has the final say in my life. My, my, my. God wants to help somebody here today and lift the burden of your soul and give you the hope that you need to continue doing what is right, even though it, you perceive at the moment no reward, no result, no blessing. It's not working. It's not going to do what it's supposed to do. But I've come to declare to you, give the voice the final say. There's still work to do. 
There's still anointing for you. There's still a blessing. There's a miracle in the house for somebody. There's a miracle in the house. God bless you. You may be seated. Depression is something like being able to have a good time, but you can't hold it. It's like having a good laugh, but you can't keep it. It's like having fleeting feelings of happiness and then thinking about something and sinking into the despair of some predicament in your life. It's an aching in your soul that Advil will not help. And you can take all the aspirin you want to and it still won't help. It's like needing something that you don't know what it is you need and you need it so long that you give up hope that it's ever going to come even though you may not even know what it is that you need. It's coming to the place where the currents of despair try to wash away your personality. It's like drowning in a situation that we really think we should have done better with, that we should have been on top of whenever Jesus was walking on the water. It was stormy seas. He didn't calm it down before he walked on it. He walked on it while it was still raging. And that gives me confidence that we too, under the anointing of the Spirit, even though the storm has not yet been calm, we can overcome it and we can walk on the storm. But how many of you know that there have been some storms in your life where you should have been able to walk on it and you tried, but you started to sink as Simon Peter did. He started to sink into the storm and he knew when he got his mind off of Jesus and he got his mind on the storm and all he could see was the despair and the hopelessness of the storm and there was nothing to dissipate it. There was no authority. There was no word. There was no voice to dissipate the storm and yet he, he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, help me. How many of you have ever been there where you had to cry out to God because you were being overwhelmed by the storm? Help me, Jesus. I need you to save me, Jesus. Man's created in the likeness of God. He's body, soul, and spirit. And ignore any one of the three and you've got problems. Man is a spirit. He has a soul, which is, mind, which is his mind and intellect. And he lives in a body. And part of man never gets old. It never dies the house, the body gets old, but not the spirit. And our spirit needs God, and you don't just need God on Sunday. You need God every day of your life. Now, church, if you're just waiting for the fire to fall in a single service, you're going to be disappointed and live your life in depression and despair. But when you can walk with God with the understanding that the still small voice speaks every single day of your life. There's not a time that God will not speak into your spirit. There's not a time when God will not encourage your heart. Man's soul is where his self-consciousness exists. The reason we get nervous is because our self-consciousness gets bigger than our God-consciousness. We can master whatever life throws at us when we master ourselves and in our soul, when we overthrow our memories and we, our expectation is greater and our desire for the future is greater than just what holds us in the past. Our affections, our loves, and our hates, and our drives, and our motives, and our will, which lives in our mind, does not dominate us. But our desire for God to move in our midst with the best that he has to give. 
Our thinking can do all sorts of things to us. I can think myself happy. If I want to, I can think myself depressed. How many of you have done that? You just, you weren't even thinking about anything and all of a sudden your imagination went wild and all the kids are dead <laughs> and everybody's dying and all your friends are gone and you're so old you can't even move. Well, you can think yourself depressed, but you can also think yourself out of it. You can think yourself up, you can think yourself down, you can think yourself angry, or you can think yourself peaceful. The fight is in your mind. What happens in your head is reality to you, and that's the constant battle, and that's what I want to help you defeat because I don't want you to be defeated by that spirit because your mind can get tired. How many of you, you're not tired physically, but your emotions are tired? How many of you are just tired? How many of you are sick and tired? How many of you are sick and tired of being sick and tired? You can have many things going for you, but you can come to the place where you wonder whether it's really worth it all. One can be a Christian and still have trouble. One can serve the Lord and still be depressed. I want to speak to you today that depression's not going to have the final say in my life. My emotions are not going to have the final say in my life. Jesus is going to have the final say in my life. And I don't care how great a man of God you are, you can be an Elijah and still be under a tree wanting to die, running from Jezebel. Because you can call fire down out of heaven, you can do all kinds of things, and Jezebel still be mad at you. <laughs> You can do miracles. You can see miracles. Listen, I've been in Pentecost all of my life. I've seen the dead raised. I've seen blinded eyes opened up and people still mad about dumb stuff because the miracle doesn't change you on the inside. It might be a witness that God's at work in our midst and thank God for that witness, but I just want you to know that depression is a reality that some people experience and walk in every day. And the Lord has given me an understanding to help deliver you from that so you can walk above it. Elijah didn't have anybody to talk to. There was no one because he didn't think there was anybody that served God. He said, there's no one. I'm the only one left. And God showed him that there were 7,000 others that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. Well, here's the first step that you need to take. You're not the only one going through it. And how many of you have, come on, you just this past two weeks said, I am the only one, this, it, nothing is as bad as this, and ain't nobody ever faced this. That's just not true. You got a lot of people that are rooting for you. You got a lot of people that are cheering you on. You got a great cloud of witnesses that says, come on, get up. Don't give up. You can make it. Get up one more time. Worship the Lord. Praise Him. Stay in the fight. Don't give up. It's all right to have a problem. And it's all right to admit you're down. And it's all right to say, well, I still love Jesus, but I'm depressed and I'm under the juniper tree and I hope he bumps me off today. Hallelujah. 
you know, that it's all right to have a problem. Go on and admit it. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. I don't always feel on the top limb waiting for another one to grow out. I don't always feel like it's going to work out just right, but I'm going to hang in the fight and I'm not giving up and I'm not going to stop until Jesus has his perfect way in my life. I know stuff can start piling up on you to where it buries you, but I still believe God is able to answer us, but it's not going to be in the fire. Quit looking for the earthquake to hit. Quit looking for the great move of God to hit. Why don't you just tune your ear to the still small voice? And I said, God, am I going to get victory over this? Because I need to walk to that pulpit with victory in my life and I'm a professor adjunct or an adjunct professor somewhere in North Texas Christian College in Fort Worth, uh, Texas. And uh, I, I, I work with people online and I was grading a paper this morning of somebody that submitted it and I was grading it. And all of a sudden, while I was reading what they had written, the Holy Ghost started speaking to me right there as I was reading that paper. And God said, fear not, I am with you. I have given you the victory. They, they wrote it down like they were just inspired in the Holy Ghost. They, just a kid in college. Now, how can a kid in college have a mind of God? No kid in college has the mind of God. Yet, this kid did because the Lord used that young man to speak into my life that he doesn't even know. And all of a sudden, it was like, whoo, I know it's raining on the outside, but the sun is shining in my heart because God done spoke all up in my life. And I'm going to walk up in that pulpit and let you know there's not one of you that has a right to quit just because you're going through a tough time. And you're not a bad person because you don't feel like jumping and running and carrying on. But I promise you this, before you leave this service, I'm going to preach you happy. And I'm going to preach you victory. And I'm going to show you that you've got a God that'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know, people can have good things happen and nobody knows and nobody sees, but they're still ready to give up. There's people that can get out of college and they're still ready to give up. There's people that can land a good job and still not be satisfied. There are people that have beat cancer and still not feel victory. There are people that have a beautiful family all around them, but they can't see it because their emotions are all buried within them and they're ready to give up. There's so much going for them, but they're ready to give up. That's what depression can do to you. That's what despair can do to you. That's what Elijah said, I'm the only one left. In the characters of the Bible, it often happened that when they were at the height of their career, there would be a weariness and an exhaustion. I've spent so much energy to overcome this, and nothing makes me happy anymore. Well, I'm going to tell you something that does make me happy. Somebody that gives me a Krispy Kreme card for Thanksgiving made me very happy with the message that it's none of Sister Kinsey's business. This is between the brothers. Well, there's always something to be happy about. You say, well, my food don't taste good anymore. My life doesn't taste good. Nothing seems to appeal. I'm just weary. I stay weary, and it brings on a depression. I know some things are chemical, and I understand that. But I also know some things are spiritual. 
and I'm here to take care of the spiritual in Jesus' name. Elijah, a man of faith and power, still got depressed, running from a woman who wanted to kill him and said, about this time tomorrow. Now, here's the message of the devil. He's always going to do something tomorrow because that's the uncertainty. He wants to create uncertainty. But when God says, I'm going to move, he says, today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Here's a word for somebody right now, today, God can deliver you out of your depression. Today. The devil says, tomorrow I'm going to bump you off. I can't kill you right now, but I'll kill you tomorrow. He can't do anything. I said he can't do nothing. I know it's not good English, but it sure does work. I said he can't do nothing. He can't do nothing but what the Father allows him to do. You ought to rise above your circumstance and say, I might be down, but devil, you haven't got my faith. You haven't got my joy. You haven't got my peace. Now, here's what I've learned about so many people that serve the Lord, especially Elijah, who was under the threat of a death sentence executed by Jezebel. This is what happens to people, is that the threat itself can do a lot of damage to people's spirit. Now, notice this. The devil can only threaten you. He cannot carry out the sentence. Some of you feel the threat of what's going on, and it's the threat that has messed you up, the threat of a virus, the threat of economic shutdown, the threat of what could be but hasn't been not going to be because I'm taking authority over it right now in Jesus' name. Some of you have been threatened by the enemy, and I, it's real. I'm telling you, it can impact. It impacts me. It hit Elijah, fire calling down, dude. It will hit you. And when that threat comes, just the threat, not the execution, but just the possibility of what Jezebel, just the fact she wants to bump you off. And no matter what you do convinces her to repent or to change her ways. This time tomorrow, I'm going to take you out. Then you start imagining all these things. And we've got people afraid of the economy. They're afraid of what depression's going to do. Then they're afraid that I've been good and I'm still feeling depressed. Then you feel bad toward yourself and say, maybe there's something wrong with me. Some of you have even asked that question. What is wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You're a child of God. You're normal. You're a human being. There's nothing wrong with you. Well, there might be something wrong with some of you, but you understand what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong when you go through these times. What you need to do is you need to recognize, I am still a child of the king. Listen to this voice. Can I preach to you? You are better than your fathers because you stand on the shoulders of giants. You can overcome anything because they went through it on our behalf. And as a result, I have the confidence that I'm going to get through it as well. I wish somebody would just say, devil, you're not going to get my faith. Devil, you're not going to get my joy. 
I wish somebody would look that threat in the eye and say, you're not even going to come to pass. Today is the day of salvation. Y'all remember the patriarch Jacob? He was getting old. He was extremely depressed. He had he said, Joseph is not, Simeon is not. Now you're trying to take Benjamin away. He said, all these things are against me. How many of you have ever said that in your mind? Everything's against me. Everybody, not everybody's against you. It just feels that way. Turn to your neighbor and say, sure enough, feel that way. <laughs> See, Joseph was alive doing better than he'd ever done in his life. Simeon was alive and under Joseph's care. Benjamin was alive and under Joseph's care. And of course, Joseph, they didn't know who Joseph was at the time, but he loved them dearly. And and soon, Jacob didn't even realize it at the moment, but all of his family were going to be together again in Egypt, being taken care of by the second in command of Egypt. All these things were not against him. Mm. Will you hear this voice? All the things you thought were against you are not against you. I can't hear you. I'm getting hard of hearing you. I'm going to have to do a little better than that. I'm going to tell you right now, all these things are not against us. What's happening in our world, all of those things are not against us. As a matter of fact, God's going to use them to propel us into our destiny. Elijah didn't know it yet, but God was about to use Jezebel as a catalyst to propel him to his destiny. Come on, I say take up your shield of faith in the name of Jesus and quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. What you're thinking are just thoughts, and that's all they are. They can't hurt you. Bring them into captivity under the obedience of Christ right now. Bring it into captivity. Bring that imagination into captivity, and let's quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, I know that threats can do a lot of damage, and they can, of course, make you depressed, but I want you to rejoice today because you've got a lot to be thankful for. God's still on the throne. He's the only one that can call light out of darkness, and he's still doing it. Didn't just do it in the beginning. There's no change in him. There's no variableness. There's no shadow of turning. God is light. He is love. He is power. Somebody ought to just shout hallelujah or look amen or something. I know you're in despair. I know you feel like, The greatest part of your life is over, but that is not true. The greatest day of the church. See, you don't even realize that I'm speaking in the Holy Ghost to somebody specifically. Your best day is still ahead of you and not behind you. Now, may I admonish you just a little bit? Quit feeling sorry for yourself. You ain't the only one been through it. I hope y'all not mad because I had to just smack you a little bit. I said, quit feeling sorry for yourself and rise above the tide. 
and say, I know who Jesus is and I know what he's done in my life. I know who Jesus is and he's never failed me and he's not going to do it. He's not going to fail the first Pentecostal church and he's not going to fail you. He's on your side. And so Elijah, he ran out into the wilderness about a day's journey and then fell underneath the juniper tree. And of course, that means there had to be water somewhere, although it was not apparent, there's water somewhere. And so you've got to understand there's water and inspiration everywhere you are, even if you're a whole day's journey from anybody who loves you. It doesn't make any difference how far away you are because God's got water and inspiration. And that's when an angel came. And the best thing you can do when you're depressed is don't make decisions when you're down. Learn to rest. Learn how to rest. God put him to sleep. Gave him a tranquilizer in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Gave him a little Holy Ghost volume. And then put him to sleep. And then woke him up and let him eat his first meal. And God will always feed you the right word at the right time. God will feed you if you'll just come to church. If I can get you out of your chair and out off the couch and get yourself to church. Yes, it's raining, but it's good in here. Come on in here. Sit down and say, God, you need to feed me. The angel will show up. God has given me the confidence that the angel's going to show up in your life. And he's got a meal prepared. And when you come to church, don't you sit there and wait for somebody to do something for you. You know God's already got the meal prepared. You worship just like you know the turkey's coming. The honey-baked ham is coming. Pumpkin pie is on the table. Woo! Krispy Kreme are just around the corner. We've got it. you got to feast on it. But here's what happens to most people. This is Pentecost in a nutshell right here. We get that one word and we think that one word's enough. We eat our first meal and we think it's enough. But here's what God showed me is because Elijah realized he needed more than one. Because the journey ahead of you is too great for you. Because it's not God just getting you out of the mess you're in. It's God getting you to the place and purpose you're supposed to be. And you're not where, huh? you're not where you need to be yet. So don't give up hope. You're on your way. You're halfway there. You're about a few days journey into the wilderness. But you need that word to let you know it's going to be all right. God put him back to sleep. Then the angel woke him up again, and it's already prepared. Thanksgiving meal again. He said, the journey's too great. And this is what you need to recognize. Quit feeling despair over the fact that the journey is bigger than you are. God has put us on a journey that is greater than we are. But there's a reason. Because if it's, if it's not great enough, then you'll be able to do it on your own and take credit for it. 
But if it's too great for you, then you'll know I need Jesus. My, my, my. I'm going to go ahead and preach because the devil's not going to stop somebody getting their victory. Maybe not all of you will get it. Maybe you're just getting your first meal. But, brother, we're fixing to go back for seconds, and we're going to get the second meal because that meal's going to let you know you're going to have strength for the journey. God's not only going to lift you, but you're going to walk out of here. Woo! I can take on anything. I'm, my... Somebody ought to know God's never let anybody down. If he lets you down, you'll be the first person in history. Help's on the way. Help's on the way. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I think you ought to write that down with a pen of iron. I think you ought to etch it in the stone of your life. You ought to put it in the moral fiber of the universe. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I may be depressed, but that doesn't define who I am. I may be discouraged, but that doesn't define who I am. I may be going through a tough time, but I don't have to accept it as my identity. I might be going through a difficult time now, but tomorrow I shall be delivered. Tomorrow I'm gonna keep journeying. Tomorrow I'm gonna keep on walking. Here's the good news. Jezebel never came. To my knowledge, biblically, historically, she never sent a posse after him. She never sent a hitman. She never got her secret service and her assassins together. They never found Elijah. Woo! And I'm going to tell you something else. God is not going to let the devil find you. You are hid in Christ. I said you are hid in Christ. Depression is not going to be a way of life. I've got a cake for somebody I just baked. It's hot off of the griddle, and it is ready to be served. And you need to come and get your second helping. So you've got the strength for the journey. Arise and eat. Get up from that couch of, the, of that complacency. Rise above your depression and say, devil, you're not going to take me out. You're not going to take me down. Because I'm waiting for my second word. See, I already got my first word during the week. But I never got the second word till this morning. And the Lord said, grade the papers. I said, I'm a day early. He said, well, go ahead and grade them. I said, okay. So I graded the papers. There's the word. I got the second cake because I knew I would need strength for the journey. So here's what happens. There's two things you've got you to kind of get worked out in your mind. There is the, the blessing of deliverance of lifting you in the midst of your crisis. That's the first thing. But the second thing is, is you're on a mission now because when you get your second word, it's not just a feel good. 
is to fulfill your mission. You've got a mission to fulfill. Now, here's your mission. You've got somebody to anoint because when he got to the cave and God brought him out and exploded and the fire fell and the earthquake, God wasn't in any of that until he spoke with a still small, hey, Elijah, I got something I want you to do, dude. He didn't say dude, but I want you to go get some oil and I want you to anoint Elisha because he's going to be the prophet that's going to bump Jezebel. He said, I want you to go anoint Jehu because he's going to be used in the process in order to bring about reform in Israel. So I want you to go bump. I want you to anoint him so that he can bump Jezebel off too. And I want you to anoint Hazel. I got a mission for you. You got a work to do because just the fact you're still here is there's an anointing in that that can help somebody around you. Here's what you need to know. When I am at my lowest point, I am still more powerful than all of hell. And what I have is more powerful than all hell, and it can help this young man, it can help this young man, and it can help this young man. And my job is to anoint you so you can continue to do what God has called you to do. And then your purpose today is to quit thinking you're the only one. There's about 10 people sitting around you that's going through the same thing you're going through. And you need to just speak a word into their life and bless them because that blessing is what transforms you and gives you purpose. Well, I don't know what my purpose is. Why don't you just turn around to somebody and say, I bless you in Jesus' name. You're going to make it. There's your purpose. I'm going to anoint you right now in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to let you know, brother and sister Kidder, the anointing of God is on you and the breakthrough is just around the corner. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of Joel that I'm going to bring the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the same month. That means that in one month, in 30 days, God can change everything. In 30 days, I can bring all the rain that I need because I can do a quick work. Don't you tell me somebody needs to rise up and say in 30 days, in 30 days, God's going to make a difference in my life. In 30 days. You need to go ahead and latch on to that word right now. Devil, you haven't got me yet. You haven't stopped me yet. I'm not giving up. I know who I am. I know where I'm at. I might be in a wilderness under a juniper tree, but I got an angel feeding me cake. I'm just wondering, can I put my order in for what kind of cake I want, praise I'm going to tell you, you can put your order in. God will let you order what you want if you'll learn how to wait on him. 
Now, some of you haven't seen this, so you can, you can stand because I'm done. This is it. You can stand. I'm done. So here's the New Testament concept of waiting on God. This is the New Testament concept. The Bible says the servant, come here, servant, that comes in from the field, he's not done yet with his duties. He's worked all day in the field. But what servant is said, okay, now you just go and lay down because you're tired, you've worked all day. No, that servant girds himself about and that servant serves his master at the table, okay? He waits on him. Come here. You sit me down. You gird yourself about and you go get my cake. <laughs> go get my cake and bring it to me. I want chocolate. I don't want the vanilla, okay? Go get me some chocolate cake. And then he brings me my chocolate cake. That's what the New Testament says. But it also says that after the servant has ministered to the master, God, I need you. I need a word from you. I need you to speak to me. The Bible says that the master will rise from the table and gird himself about and then sit the servant down and minister to the servant. That's New Testament truth. Don't you? Woo! I didn't tell you to get up. Sit down, servant. You need to realize that if you'll learn how to wait on God, He'll give you chocolate cake. He'll give you vanilla. He'll give you whatever you ask for. The Master will serve you, and He's got more resources than you do. I'm limited in my resources, but my God is unlimited. Woo! My, my. You're good. Unlimited in my, in his resources to be able to minister to you. I feel a door opening for somebody in this house right now. Still small voice speaking to you. God has set before you an open door. He's opened the door for you. <laughs> Go ahead. Speak it in the Holy Ghost. You know what happened? You know what happened when he anointed Elisha? There was twice as many miracles as Elijah had. Twice as many. Now, let me tell you right now, here's your word. If you'll start anointing people and let others, you're going to get an exponential multiplied growth where God is going to, you're going to get twice as much as you've ever had before. A double portion right now in Jesus' name if you'll accept your mission and fulfill it before you walk out of here and start anointing and blessing people and helping people and letting them know that you care more about them and their blessing than you do about yourself. And that's how you break out of the depression is because I came here today knowing that I needed the breakthrough so I could give you the breakthrough. 
You got to have two words. You got to have the double portion. You got to get that second word. Don't wait on the first word and then move on that. That's not enough. You need the second word. And God's got to give you your mission. And when you have your mission in place, you'll have strength for the journey. Because it's too great. You can't do this by yourself. Listen to me right now. You can't do this by yourself. I'm going to tell you again. You can't do this by yourself. Quit acting like you're going to do it all on your own. Because you can't do it. It's too great for you. But it's not too great for my God. And if I can get you to hang in there long enough, you're going to find out what God's about to send your way. Because your future is greater than your past. I want to say that again. Your future is greater than your past. I, did, I, I felt good when I said that. I, I don't know why, but I just felt like something moved when I said that. I said, your future is greater than your past. I think I'm gaining momentum with it. I think I'll just go ahead and say it again because I'm, I'm talking right straight into the face of an enemy that wants to shut you down and the church down. But I've come to declare to you in the Holy Ghost, your future is greater than your past. It shall be well with thee. I said it's gonna be well with thee. God has a greater future. The journey is too great. So depression doesn't have the last say. I'm going to give the voice the final say. That settles all other voices. It contradicts or affirms or whatever all the other voices. But this voice has the final say. And when you can live your life doing that, there will be no trouble that will take you out. None. You will win. Not one time, but every single time. Now I take authority over that depression in Jesus' name. If I've preached to you this morning, I want you to lift your hand. If I preach directly to you this morning, directly to you in the Spirit, Huh. You look at the people around you that have been doing good. You haven't been doing anything wrong. You've just been tired in what you're doing. You're weary. I understand. Elijah was. Jezebel ain't budging. <laughs> Nothing you do can move her out at this time. Oh, Jez is not moving. So what do you do? You wait for your second word because God will give you the strength to do the journey be not weary in well doing you're going to reap in due season if you faint not that's a word from the Lord for you don't be weary hold your head up what you're going through is not your identity. It's just a journey, and you're just passing through. 
I've gone to England, but that doesn't mean I'm English. I've gone to France, but that doesn't mean I'm French. I've been to Germany, but that doesn't mean I'm a German. No, I live in America. I might travel through those countries. I might have passport and it might be legal, but that doesn't mean I'm a citizen of that country. I'm just passing through. I might be in the land of depression, but I'm not a citizen of it. I'm a citizen of another world. And I eat the bread of another table. And I feast from another source. Does anybody hear the voice today? Does anybody hear the voice? I don't care what you're feeling. I want to know, do you hear the voice? So we're going to pray right now that God will use you to be a blessing to somebody because that's your mission. To let them know that what you've done, they can do. If you're victorious, then pass your victory on to somebody else. Well, I don't need this. Well, I didn't say you did. I just said if you don't need it, then you've got victory. And if you've got victory, give it to somebody else. Don't be stubborn. Don't be self-centered. Well, I've got it. Praise God. I don't need to. I don't need anything. Well, if you don't need God, then you're in trouble because your journey is not great enough for you. So God's going to have to put you through some stuff, put you on a journey that's greater than you are. You don't really want that. But it's going to happen because God's going to put you on a journey greater than you are. It's just the way it works, okay? Now, if you're comfortable and you can connect with somebody and and it's family or you're not uncomfortable and uh, I want you to be a blessing to somebody around you because somebody needs the blessing of your victory. Yes, I'm, I'm not disagreeing that you don't have victory. I believe you do, but you need to be a blessing to somebody around you instead of uh, whatever you are. <laughs> you need to be a blessing. You need to be on mission. You need to be fulfilling your purpose. Now, you turn to somebody right now, if you're comfortable with that, and you speak into their life and say, God's going to be with you. And AJ, I just feel that God is with you, and he's going to help you in Jesus' name. He's your strength. He's your blessing. And Jesus loves you. (laughs) In the name of Jesus, I want you to claim it right now in the Holy Ghost. Right now, Jason, claim it. God has given you the victory right now. In Jesus' name. Brother Anthony, I want you to claim it. The victory is yours. God has blessed you with victory. And you're going to give that victory to everyone around you. That victory, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Brother Kidder, God's given you victory. There's victory in your life right now. There's deliverance in your life right now. And God has anointed you and there's gonna be more miracles in your ministry than you've ever had in your entire existence. Let this voice be the final say. Okay, God, you spoke it now. I'm standing on your word. I'm going on the strength of that word right there. I'm going on the strength of that word. Ha! Why don't you just come on up here if you feel led? Why don't you just walk up here and say, I'm claiming my victory. I'm claiming my mission. 
I've got a mission now. I'm not just here to feast on cake. I'm here to serve it to somebody else. Walk up here and just have faith in God. Come on, Steve. The Holy Ghost is on you right now. There's victory in your life. I feel God lifting you. Come on, wherever you might be. Hallelujah. Go ahead. This is your time. This is your time. This is your time. This is your day. This is your moment. This is your blessing. Wait on the Lord. God's plan for you is bigger than your depression. God's plan for you is bigger than your discouragement. Hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.